0: We're recording, we're recording. Hello and welcome to All Things Japanese from the Japanese Canadian Cultural Centre in Toronto. Our topic today is Origami, the art of the fold. Origami, the art of the fold. My name is John Ota and I serve on the art committee and the board of the Japanese Canadian Cultural Centre. Thank you for joining us. This month until April the 22nd, the JCCC Gallery is presenting Origami, the art of the fold with exhibits from the origami of Mia Turnbull and Mui Ling Tay, And the JCCC is holding a reception to celebrate this origami exhibit on Sunday, April 3rd at 2pm in the JCCC Gallery. Everybody's welcome. So that's a reception on Sunday, April 3rd at 2 o'clock. There will be images of origami from other notable origami artists and we invite you to make your own origami in the gallery and add it to our origami hanging trees. The exhibition is curated by Catherine Yamashita and Hitoshi Murakami. To help us explore the world of origami, we're honored to have four special guests today. Catherine Yamashita, curator of the exhibition and a JCCC art committee member, Mia Turnbull, artist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mui Ling Te, artist from Toronto. And Kaz Shikaze from Toronto. Our first guest is Kathy Yamashita. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great Kathy to be Yamashita. Here. Yeah, great. <laughs> Kathy Yamashita serves on the Art Committee of the Japanese Canadian Cultural Centre and has a Ph.D. in Art Education from the University of Toronto. She curated this fascinating exhibit on origami. So Catherine, what is origami?
1: Origami, uh, the Japanese term, refers to folding paper. And I think, John, you created the history of origami for us. But for me, the most fascinating thing is the ability to create magical, both kinetic and Kind of abstract realistic items out of one sheet of paper so although it's a very simple material um, the possibilities are endless in terms of being able to fold and create magical creatures um, headgear clothing Um, some pieces can be kinetic as well or move about and so from this very simple square becomes a whole magical world of possibility
0: excellent isn't that nice So, so Catherine, what drew you to curate an exhibition on origami?
1: I think what fascinated me is it's probably my first extended exposure to Japanese craft in the first place. My dad used to do a lot of origami with me when I was a child, and there was a little green book. That had very simple origami in it and I think I made those pieces thousands and thousands of times and from memory now I can still make the crow my dad taught me, I can make a saber-toothed tiger, the crane, a shrimp, we just spent hours making them and it was just so much fun and kind of magical and then I do remember as I got older I had to go to brownies and scout forums and I was you know teaching other children how to do origami so for me for a personal perspective, it's always had a very um, strong um, connection to me in terms of my craft and my heritage. And my children both, of course, um, create origami too. So it's kind of a family thing we do.
0: That's a I very nice
1: important to move beyond the craft and beyond um, the tsuru to how it can be taken to such a high art. And I think um, the work of Moyling and the uh, tiny focus she has in her artwork, but also significant meaning um, in terms of how she presents it, um, arranges it and photographs it. And then in Mia's work, um, working with her own face, the whole idea of mask, masking yourself. um, uh, Looking into the, you know, your own cultural background, Mia, and also exploring face mask and the whole tradition of mask in Japanese culture, I think has been fascinating. And now your most recent work is becoming more kinetic and video based, it's just really exciting. So you see this very basic craft and this iconic crane that everybody kind of identifies with um, origami and now it's being um, used as a expression of of art that really reflects our times and also the personal um, expressions and
0: statements of an artist, of art. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your insights into origami. And thank you for curating this exhibition along with Hitoshi. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very well. Well, thanks. (laughs) Our next guest is Mia Turnbull. Hi, Mia. How's it going? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you. That's great. Thank you for being here. Mia Turnbull is an artist living in Halifax, Nova Scotia mia is a yonsei that's fourth generation mixed japanese canadian originally from alberta she received her bachelor of fine arts from the university of lethbridge and moved to the east coast 20 years ago where she lives with her husband and daughter mia makes self-portrait masks full time and has recently been venturing into performance art as well mia thank you for being on this podcast today thanks
2: Thank you so much for having me and for this great opportunity to show my work at the gallery, that's
0: wonderful. Oh, No, that's great. In this exhibition, Mia Turnbull has presented a series of gorgeous origami sculptures that built upon her work with masks and faces. When I saw your beautiful origami, Mia, I found it very dreamlike. It reminded me of what my dreams are like after I've been to a party and I've met a lot of people And I see their faces again in my dreams.
2: So that's what
0: that's what I thought of when I first saw your origami.
2: Uh, I really like that's such a beautiful image of a sea of faces in a dream. (laughs) And I'm so glad you don't find them too creepy.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. So what inspired you Mia? What inspired you to make these origami images?
2: So I grew up making origami with my mom, whom you might recall is Marjean Matsunaga-Turnbull. So she's also an artist, retired now. She used to make pottery and sculpture. Uh, So she taught us the basics of origami when we were little. So I always knew how to make a crane and the jumping frog, for example, from memory. Uh, in grade four, I remember her coming to my school to teach my class some origami and I was so very proud. Um, <laughs> so it's just always something I've done with any scrap of paper or a gum wrapper. And I've also been very happy to teach it here at local schools in Nova Scotia. Um, so I began this particular series of self-portraits last year. Um, my brother Adam posted a video for the St. Albert Children's Festival website. They were doing some virtual programming during the pandemic and for Children's Day in Japan, my brother thought he would do a video showing how to make an origami butterfly. And this was a different pattern than I knew from before. So I grabbed some scrap paper, but it happened to have my face on it. And I thought it'd be so cool if the wing, if the eyes would end up on the wings. Um, the face got folded up into the design. Um, so it didn't quite work out as I thought. But then I had the idea that I could actually map it out. And so I used Photoshop to kind of rearrange my features on the piece of paper. And then when I folded it, the eyes would end up on the wings. And it turned out so, so cool that I had to try all these other designs too.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's a, that's a very good story. Thank you. And uh, I certainly appreciate it because I've seen the uh, your origami. They're They're so beautiful. What do you think about when you make these origamis, what goes through your mind?
2: (laughs) Well, I have a lot of fun tweaking my photo so that the features line up um, in interesting ways on different designs. But the end result is not only the folded paper design, it's also how I can use them as masks. So because my primary work is with masks, it's inevitable that these designs were also an interesting way to change my features or to obscure my features either partially or entirely. So I I especially love the interactive pieces the most, such as the Paku Paku, the fortune teller one. Um, My daughter used to make these obsessively a few years ago and she'd always draw a face on them so they'd become little creatures. So I was really inspired by that too. And when looking for the next design, I knew I had to do my face on one of those. And then by opening and closing it, um, I could show different expressions, which I really love. And once I finish one design, I'm always searching for the next potential one.
0: Very nice, very nice. Do you have any revelations from this experience of making origami for this exhibition?
2: Well, I feel such a connection to my Japanese-Canadian heritage when I make origami. A lot of my mask work explores identity, especially as half-Japanese. So this is another way I can dig deeper into this and a really wonderful way for me to connect to my heritage and childhood. It's also interesting for me to realize origami as a form of sculpture and another medium to work with. And I have a lot of respect for people who can make up their own design and make these really complicated forms. And that to me is a form of genius.
0: All right, yes, I guess. So, can you please tell me about the work that you do with masks? We really enjoyed seeing your masks at a previous exhibition of the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. So, could, would you please be able to tell us some more?
2: Sure, thank you so much. Um, that exhibit three years ago was a pretty big game changer for me. Um, At the time I wasn't making masks for several years since when my, my daughter was born pretty much everything came to a grinding halt. But she got older and Bryce Canberra invited me for the show and I knew what a great big space it was so I knew I had to get back to work. So at the time I had about 30 masks in my collection. So I applied for a creation grant through Arts Nova Scotia and I was successful and I made 30 more masks. So in the end, I had about 60 masks to show. It got me working full time again in the studio and I haven't slowed down since. So um, each mask that I make is a self-portrait. I'm constantly making new variations which explore different ideas. So sometimes I'm changing the structure of the mask or I'm trying out different materials but it's always my image that stays the same in some form. And that's where this origami series fits into my practice. So it's the same photo that's featured on my different masks is also the same one being manipulated and folded up into different shapes.
0: Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you for telling us that. Thank you for sharing your ideas about origami, Mia. We look forward to seeing more of your excellent artwork in the future and Mia's origami are for sale at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center Gallery. You can learn more about Mia Turnbull on her website, and her website address is miaturnbull.com. So that's m i y a, Turnbull.com, and she's also on Instagram. Her tag is at Mia Mask. So at m i y a Mask. Great, thank you, Mia. Thank you, John. Thank you. Our next guest is Mui-Ling Tae. Mui-Ling, thank you for coming to talk to us today about your origami. Thank you, thank you for you. having
3: me. I'm glad oh, to be here.
0: Thanks for being in the exhibition. Mui-Ling Tei is an artist, photographer, and poet of Japanese and Chinese descent. She produces art both traditionally and digitally, but at present she's best known for her miniature origami. Tay's origami began as photography props, sometimes accompanied by her poetry. In 2014, she transitioned to exhibiting and selling her original creations in public. Tay has exhibited her art through the Japanese community, the local Chinese and Korean communities, along with art galleries in Toronto and the United Kingdom. She's also been a teacher of origami. And you can learn more about Mi- Mui Ling Tae on her website It's MuiLing.com. That's M-U-I-L-I-N-G.com. MuiLing! MuiLing! What inspired you
3: to make these amazing miniature origami sculptures? So this actually happened by accident. One day, I started folding a paper crane. And since I was daydreaming, I didn't pay attention to how small the paper was until I saw the final result. So from there, I began challenging myself to fold even smaller. And (laughs) around that time, I also started taking up an interest in photography. So my origami became the predominant subject of my photos. And one of the beautiful things about photography is that it can bring out the beauty of details that are often overlooked. So, But apart from capturing the details, I also like to be poetic with the way I present my work. And as I transitioned to exhibiting original pieces in real life, I continue to bring out that element of poetry.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's a very nice result of an accident. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and daydreaming too. So Lang, how do you make these exquisite miniature origami sculptures? How can you be so precise? I use
3: tweezers. I typically just use tweezers. Do you you have a magnifying glass? I don't often use a magnifying glass. The only time I ever used one was when I made my smallest paper crane that started out with a piece of paper that was three by three millimeters. That was the only time I really needed a magnifying glass.
0: That's really fascinating. Oh, my goodness. So um, they have different titles. Your sculptures have different titles. What are some of the titles? And what are some of the meanings to the titles?
3: Right. So as I said, I like to be poetic and I have created many pieces with different titles and meanings. But for today, I will just talk about two of them. So you may remember my works from the online exhibition. One of them is called Sailing Along the Lifeline, which depicts a miniature origami boat sailing along the lifeline of my, pope, of my palm. So I'm sure that's pretty self-explanatory. It's a narrative of a life journey through the origami boat on my hand, but sometimes I like to get more creative. So the other artwork I'd like to talk about is the one called Wish. And that one is a self-portrait of myself blowing a dandelion, except the seeds are made up of paper cranes. And in Japan, the paper crane is a symbol of peace and good luck with the belief that if you fold a thousand paper cranes, you will be granted one wish. While in Western culture, people blow on dandelions when they make wishes. Therefore, wish is based on the Japanese and the Western culture of making wishes.
0: Oh, that's really fascinating. Thank you for telling us that. What do you like best about origami meeling?
3: Okay, well, there are many things I like, but if I could think of one thing right now. So from an early age, I was inspired by the legend of the thousand paper cranes and Also the story of Sadako Sasaki, who spent her days in the hospital folding cranes in hopes of recovering. And in fact, shortly after I began folding miniature origami, I remember one incident. There was this artist who I became friends with online. She was asking for prayers because her son's friend was very sick in the hospital. And when I saw her post, I pulled out my crane collection that I had since I was in grade school. And I prayed upon each one of them for the boy to recover. And I also prayed upon the new miniature cranes that I had just folded at the time. And I took a picture of my entire collection and shared it with my full followers, asking them to pray for the boy. So collectively, many people sent their thoughts and prayers for this boy. And my friend was very moved by my gesture. that she told the boy's parents about what I did. And they were also very moved. And miraculously, the boy recovered very quickly and was dispatched from the hospital sooner than expected. So ever since that day, I believed in the power of prayers and miracles, and I believe that origami has the ability to drive that hope. And this is part of the reason why I donate a portion of my profits to charities like Campfire Circle that has that similar purpose of bringing out joy and hope to children who have cancer.
0: Oh, isn't that amazing? Is that so wonderful. Mui Ling. thank you so much for taking us into your world of miniature origami sculptures. Thank you so much. Mui Ling's origami are for thank sale- you. Thank at you the... so much for
3: having me here. been a pleasure.
0: <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Mui Ling's origami are for sale at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center Gallery. You can learn more about Mui Ling Tay on her website, MuiLing.com. That's M-U-I-L-I-N-G.com. Information on our origami artists and images will be on the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center podcast website. That's jcc Before we sign off, I want to please bring in Kaz Shikaze. Kaz Shikaze is a longtime member of the Japanese Canadian community and the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. He lives in Mississauga, Ontario. Kaz is not part of this exhibition, but I want to bring him in because he's making origami cranes on his own and selling them as cards with proceeds going to the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. Welcome, Kaz.
4: Glad to be here, John. <laughs> I remember you were in my Sunday school class, and I think <laughs> you were anyways, about 50 years ago, and I, um, I think you were a yansha. <laughs>
0: Please don't tell people anything more than that, Kaz. <laughs> Thank you, Kaz. So, Kaz, what led you to make these origami on your own?
4: Well, you know, I have a. she's going to be 99 in July, K Fujita. Now, she didn't make these cards this year, but a few years ago. And I saw them, they were had uh, origami cranes and kimonos on them. And I said, boy, I should be able to do that. And, uh, you know, it's a pandemic and looking for something to do. So uh, that's what I did. And uh, I was using, making um, both kimonos and cranes and putting them on the cardstock and selling them. I started supporting UNICEF um, because uh, they were providing... Uh, COVID 19 vaccines to uh, low income countries. And I was able to raise about $3,000 for them. And then I decided that's enough of that. And I went on to DVRR, which is Don Valley Refugee Resettlers, and uh, sold cards for them. I think my address book, people are getting sick and tired of me emailing them. But, anyways, raised a couple thousand dollars for them. Now I'm on to the JCCC. And uh, raise a thousand so far. I want to get to 2000, John. So Excellent,
0: uh, Kaz. The power yeah, of so Kaz. That,
4: uh, you know, if I make that objective, that'll be good. And, um,
0: yes. Kaz, yeah. what, does, what does origami mean to you?
4: Well, origami means ori is unfolding, right? And gummy is like kami. Kami is really the word paper so I don't know how it got to be origami but uh, anyways it's a, it's a Japanese art form and you know I, th- I figured I could do that because I've got pretty strong fingers even though my hands are a little bit arthritic but uh, you know I, instead of doing um, flower arranging or uh, calligraphy or something like that which I probably couldn't do I could do origami but it's still it's, it's very difficult to make a perfect crane. I don't know if you've tried but to make it absolutely perfect is, is not that easy. So, uh, unfortunately, some of the cars, I'm not going to redo them. So, uh, I, you know, some of the cars aren't perfect.
0: <laughs> I think you're pretty perfect, buddy. I think you're great. Kaz, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. In Glad conclusion, yes, great. In conclusion, I want to thank our guests today. Kathy Yamashita. Yay. Mia Turnbull. Yay. Wee Yay. And Kaz Shikazu. Yay. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this special podcast on Origami, Art of the Fold. Thank you for joining us today. And please remember, this month until April the 22nd, the gallery is presenting Origami, the Art of the Fold, with... Uh, exhibits uh, from Mia Turnbull and Mui Tay, And please join us at the Japanese-Canadian Cultural Center Gallery Reception for the Origami Exhibition on Sunday, April 3rd at 2 p.m. My name is John Olson, and this has been All Things Japanese from the Japanese-Canadian Cultural Center. Yay! <laughs> origami, yay! 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 Yay. Yay. (laughs) Arigato! Arigato, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot.